All you need is love. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. And I am joined today by Pastor Trevor Maine. Welcome, Pastor Trevor. Hi, Julie. It's good to be here and with everyone else who's tuning in. Yes. We hope you guys are all having a great day and we're glad that you're here to listen with us. So we are in our series of Better Together where we're discussing different elements of community. Um, We're on our second week. Last week, Pastor Pat discussed relationships and tell us more what you talked about yesterday or on Sunday, sorry, Pastor Trevor. Yeah, well, as we continued in this sermon series, Better Together, uh, starting out last week in relationships, And then today, uh, as we were on last Sunday, we went further into the series talking about the importance of love in in community. Mm -hmm. And you know, Julie, as I've been thinking about community, I came across an interesting fact last week, uh, something that caught my attention uh, that I think highlights the importance of connection and community. And uh, they say that in the last number of years, the world has reached a major milestone reaching the point where there are now more active cell phones than there are actual people in the world. That's shocking. It's almost hard to believe and you say, how could that be possible that there are more cell phones activated than people living on the planet? And I think they suggest since there are some people, little kids don't have cell phones and Mm -hmm. there are people living in parts of the world without electricity that don't have cell phones but some of us must have more than one. Yeah, I know several people that, I mean, you're right, they've got a work one, maybe a personal one, that sort of thing. Exactly, why why do you think having cell phones seems to be so important around our world, Julie? Well, I mean, it certainly keeps us connected. Definitely, it's a major means. I think fewer people have landlines now, and they rely solely on their cell phone as a means of connection and um, to connect to their community and to develop their relationships with others. And, you know, I mean, we all need connection and community. Um, and, I mean, God created that for us. He created us to be in relationship with each other. And that's something that Pastor Pat talked about last Sunday when he spoke about Genesis. Um, he didn't create just one person, but two, because it's not good for us to be alone. That wasn't, that's not his plan for us. So, and I mean, God's plan is based on us being together and being better together. And um, he didn't design us to be alone. He designed us to be together. So, I, but I mean, do you think people are always better together? Yeah, I know that's the topic of this sermon series, it's it's better together, but sometimes I've had to wonder, you know, is that really the case? And unfortunately, I don't think it is. I know even when our kids were small, when Sherry and I were raising our kids, uh, I remember there were times when we we sent our kids each to their own room. Mm -hmm. We separated them uh, because we observed that they were not better together. I don't know if that ever has happened to you. I have done that quite recently with my two girls. Yeah, and sometimes we have... (laughs) try it in the car get them seated as far apart as possible yes and I mean you know I've had friendships that maybe just weren't weren't healthy and they you know dissolved over time because we weren't better and that's what I saw even with our kids as our kids were growing and learning and in those cases where we see times where people are not better together I think it generally is due to the fact that people are not treating one another the way that God would have them Mm -hmm. to treat each other 
Yeah, so, I mean, being better together and having a healthy community according to God's design, I mean, it doesn't come without a learning curve, I suppose, sometimes. Relationships take practice, and you have to put effort into them. And, um, I mean, it's one of our core values is community. So how do we, how do you describe or tell us more about the core value of community as a church? Yeah, I think it's interesting the process that we've gone through as a church to develop our core values and express them, that under our core value of community, the fine print says that we create, and that verb create, I think it shows that we need to take some initiative, that there's a place for learning and growth and application, but it's something that's going to take some effort. But the fine print under community says we create relationships marked by love, authenticity, and accountability. So it's not something that necessarily happens without thinking, without any effort, uh, but we have to participate in this process of creating these relationships that are marked by these qualities, including the quality of love. Mm -hmm. And that was the aim on Sunday. As we turned to scripture, we wanted to look to God's guidebook for our lives, to learn how we can all work together in creating relationships that are marked by love. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lo- find love so many places in the Bible, I think literally hundreds of times. So why do you end up taking us to what is probably the most well-known passage in the Bible? Yeah, I decided in the end as I was looking at the biblical text and, and love as the theme for Sunday, and I landed on what's probably the most famous mm-hmm. passage in Scripture on the topic of love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And what helped me come to the conclusion that that was the text that I believe God wanted for us to look at together on Sunday was the context that that passage is found in in the Bible. I mean, more often than not, when I've heard or when I've even used this passage to speak to a group of people, I frequently and others have frequently used it in wedding ceremonies, used it to talk about the relationship between husbands and wives, uh, about marriage, But when we go to scripture and look at the actual context of 1 Corinthians, we see that the Apostle Paul didn't share it with the intention of addressing the relationship of husbands and wives. He shared that whole passage, it's right in the heart of a a book of the Bible related to a church, a local church in the city of Corinth that had all kinds of problems, all kinds of stresses, all kinds of issues that they were dealing with. And the Apostle Paul presented this chapter, this part of his letter, chapter 13, as a remedy to the real-life Corinthian church relationship rifts, and he shared it with them to help them develop healthier church family. That is very interesting. I don't know if you noticed, Julie, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when you think of our church and all of the different activities that we do in different ways, if you picked up on what all of those activities amount to if we do them without love. Yeah, so what I heard, or if I heard you properly, it says um, that everything we do without love is nothing. So no matter how much effort or sacrifice we put into it, if our heart's in the not, not in the right place or if we don't do it in love, we gain nothing. Yeah, that's right. It, And in the passage in scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it tries to describe how how senseless it is to engage in Christian life and activity and church community without love, 
Uh, a phrase comes to mind that my kids use once in a while when something happens that's just ludicrous. They say it was just a gong show. Uh, yep, definitely. Have you heard that phrase? <laughs> Absolutely. Just a real gong show. And maybe the Apostle Paul needs credit for part of that kind of phrase because what he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, he said, you know, if I speak so eloquently, if I even speak angelically, but if I don't have love, it's just like a resounding gong. It's like a gong show. The words are empty, they're meaningless, uh, hollow as a drum. That's so interesting. Well, I just love how 1 Corinthians 13 reveals a better way. And at the end of chapter 12, it even says the most excellent way, and that's the way of love. Um, so the, that passage in the Bible, which really is one of my favorites, um, defines love for us. And it's such an amazing description. The love God calls us to practice is kind, patient. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That seems like a, a tall order sometimes. It's a very tall order, uh, but it's a beautiful list of qualities. And I can just so easily imagine if those kinds of qualities are lived out, embodied in relationship with other people, mm -hmm. how it is the most excellent way, that it's, it's a better way that the Apostle Paul presents to us. And so those are the kind of things that I want to promote, that I really would like to advertise, uh, to encourage people to pick up and to implement in their lives and in their relationships. And it's fascinating to me to think that that's the kind of thing that I can promote. Uh, if I was a salesperson, you'd say it's the kind of thing I could try to get out there and have people to get. Mm -hmm. And it actually comes with this guarantee. Uh, it's guaranteed not to fail. It will actually work. It will work in, in a real world situation in our lives. And for us as a local church, and if you're in a different local church, for whatever location you find yourself engaging in Christian community, uh, we can learn that creating that kind of community that Christ longs for us to have uh, requires love as just an essential ingredient. Mm -hmm. It seems really strange or maybe unbelievable to think that love is 100% guaranteed to never fail. I mean, that's what the Bible says, so it's truth. It could almost seem too good to be true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes we just get a little bit skeptical when we hear something promoted, you know, 100% guaranteed. Yep. If I go shopping and it says it's 100% guaranteed, uh, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to have to read the fine print because there's some catch in here that, yep. <laughs> that the company's going to try to wiggle out of it when it doesn't work. You Where's know? the loophole? Where's the loophole? <laughs> but in this case, I think history would tell us, and even this particular situation in the Corinthian church when we read their circumstances, they were in a tough spot. The Apostle mm -hmm. Paul presented this remedy of love. But if we read on through the rest of 1 Corinthians and then into the second letter which Paul wrote to this church, I think we see love making the difference. Love made the difference in their church. And their church didn't just go up in flames. Their church began to flourish. They were able to overcome mm -hmm. so many of the different problems and challenges that they had as they applied love to their circumstances. But in order for that guarantee uh, to work, I think it's something we have to pick up on and we actually have to, to implement it. And for me, when I was talking to my daughter about this earlier as I was preparing for the service, uh, she pointed out that in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we can actually do a 
kind of a self-check of, mm-hmm. of to what degree are we actually allowing God to develop this love in us and suggested that we could take the verses four to six or four to seven and substitute our own names in the place of the concept of love. And so for me to kind of do a self-checkup on my own life and how much I embody love, I could ask myself, well, how accurate is this statement that Trevor is patient, Trevor's kind, he doesn't envy, he doesn't boast, he isn't proud or rude. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I continued on, I could say about myself, Julie isn't self-seeking, she's not easily angered, she keeps no record of wrongs, she doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth, she always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You know, when I, when I hear my name added into the list, it kind of makes me feel a little ashamed. I feel like, you know, I, I'm making this statement, Trevor is loving, Trevor is kind, but I know I don't quite add up to, to the level which I think is implied. I was thinking the same thing. I was reading those going, oh, am I talking about myself or a different Julie? <laughs> right. So what do we do with that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that could be, I, I kind of see this sort of as a challenge to maybe pray that over yourself this week or to read that over with your name in it to um, maybe, yeah, do some self-reflection, look in the mirror a little bit and say, is this, is this me and how can I become love? Yeah, like maybe we'll recognize that we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. We're not totally at that place where we embody all of these qualities of love in our relationship. But I think as we reflect on it, I can see, and I, and I suspect most of our listeners could see as well, that these are really good things. These would really help produce health in our Christian communities and our churches, and that this is the better way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the best way, the most excellent way and that we have a role to play in creating these kinds of things with God's help. And so I think turning it into a prayer request and saying, Lord, uh, please help me to be more patient, more kind, less mm-hmm. rude, more understanding, and uh, inserting our name in those places, but turning it into a prayer. I have to believe that God who calls us to be like him, to be more Christ-like, mm-hmm. is actually gonna be able to help us develop these kinds of qualities more and more as time goes on. Yeah, that's a really great, um... I think that's a really great, great closing or a great um, ending thought. And it's 100% guaranteed to work, which who doesn't love that? Well, it's a great guarantee. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Trevor, for joining me today. If you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Trevor to talk or with any thoughts, um, you can email him at trevor at waynefleetbic.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me with any future podcast ideas or feedback, you can email me at julie at waynefleetbic.com. So we're glad you joined us today and we'll be back next week with a new episode. And um, we hope that you hope and pray you have a great week. Bye for now, everybody.